The future of missions. The future of missions. That's our topic for today. And we're going to talk about why it's important to consider the future of missions uh, in times like these where so many things seem uncertain related to the future. It's a topic that I believe is very important if we're going to see faithful biblical missions continue on into the future, whatever the future may look like. This is episode number 277 of Missions Incorporated, the podcast of Practical Missions cohorts uh, where we seek to involve and incorporate ministry partners and friends into the global mission of Jesus Christ, and in particular here in the country of Italy. I'll roll the intro, and then we'll go ahead and get into a couple brief announcements before we get into this topic of the future of missions. This is your first time joining us. My name is Jesse Schrack, founder and director of Practical Missions Cohort, uh, serving in the country of Italy to do the work of evangelism, uh, discipleship, and biblical church planting. Uh, a couple announcements today before we uh, dive into today's topic. Just wanted to mention, uh, well, actually, just momentarily here before I mention the announcements, I want to say this. Why are we doing missions in Italy? Why is it important that you get involved and pray for the people of Italy and the mission work happening in Italy? Well, 90% of Italians today are Catholic. There's 60 million people in Italy. 90% or more are Roman Catholic, but only 5% are actually practicing Roman Catholicism, the religion. That means uh, on a regular basis, they're not going to church. Uh, they're not opening a Bible. They're not praying. They're not studying the Word. They're not doing fellowship. They're not doing outreach, uh, prayer groups, none of that kind of stuff. Bible studies, none of it's happening. Uh, church is a place you go when there's a funeral, a, a baptism, or perhaps a marriage, but that's not even said uh, necessarily uh, today. Uh, so those are some of the realities of Italy. Less than 1% of the 60 million people here are evangelical, like you and I. 90% of the long-term missionaries coming here, within just four years, they leave. And we could also say 32,000, still today, of the 34,000 cities and towns, zero biblical church, evangelical witness there, uh, reaching the people, engaging the lost, seeing the kingdom grow uh, through the preached word and, and the fellowship of the saints. Not happening today. So uh, that's a little bit of the reason why we are in Italy and why it's important. And uh, again, back to the announcements, though. A couple things just wanted to mention briefly as we before we dive into our, our topic for today. Uh, this one here, the, the van I mentioned last time, actually, uh, in our previous updates, so uh, there could be a week or so between that uh, when you saw the last up, uh, episode and this one. But uh, that's in the process. It's not quick and easy like it might be in America. It's a quite a complicated process here. Uh, the, the plates have been taken off. It's parked in a safe place now. I paid the customs fee by faith, and uh, we're praying for that money to come in, about 2000 or so uh, we need for the for the customs expense, as well as activating the insurance policy. Another 600 I'm guessing. Uh, have to still work that out. And the registration fees, title transfer, that's still getting worked on right now. Spent about three days this past week driving all over the place trying to figure out how to get this done and get all the right information. Making progress. It's a slow process, but it's in the works. So if you feel that in any way to support us getting this nine-passenger van for the ministry, uh, please reach out to us uh, or send in a check. More information is available at practicalmissions.org forward slash donate. We greatly appreciate any any help you can offer uh, for that part of the ministry in this time. And lastly, as part of our announcements, just uh, mention a couple things here. If you're interested in doing short-term missions work uh, or long-term, uh, we have openings and opportunities. Check out practicalmissions.org forward slash serve. Uh, looking for 2023 in the summer to have two or three groups of 10 or 12 people to come serve short-term, uh, 10 days or maybe a few more, depending on the availability of each group, uh, to come serve here in Italy, do mass distributions of literature, park ministry with the kids, puppet stories, games, Bible stories, prizes, uh, all the good stuff. 
as well as building relationship with parents and families and so on. And uh, and then drama ministry in the piazzas, gathering in groups of people, presenting the gospel and talking with people, engaging them, evangelizing. A wonderful, wonderful time, great opportunities, short-term cohorts, long-term for folks to come and, and spend two or three years, commit to a term, and serve on the church planning team forming in the in the city here of Mestre, Italy, where we're currently located, uh, a city of about 100,000 people in an area with uh, several hundred thousand more, uh, very, very few believers and churches uh, especially biblical churches, so great need for that to happen here, long-term missionaries. If you are good at ESL, you've been trained in teaching English as a second language, we also have numerous opportunities for you to serve, uh, and we're actually looking for an ESL director as well, someone to specialize in that and, and recruiting people to serve in that capacity for short-term, two- or three-month trips, uh, while that the ESL director stays and commits long-term, serving here in Italy, helping the church plant by helping us offer this service to the locals. Uh, internships, church planning, vision trips, uh, all kinds of different things. If you wanted to learn more, check out uh, practicalmissions.org forward slash serve. All right. So uh, now we'll go ahead and we'll jump into uh, the topic of our episode today. And this was a blog post actually that I wrote. Uh, here's the blog itself, the picture for it. Wrote this uh, a few weeks ago actually and, and kind of forgot that I, I wanted to go through it and put it on the podcast as well, make it available to those who listen and tune in or watch uh, the podcast episodes. Uh, but what reminded me of this is because in this uh, in this uh, blog post, I mentioned that I haven't seen anybody else talking about this yet and I'm not sure why. Either uh, I'm on to something other people aren't, probably not, or people just uh, maybe uh, it's not common talk just yet. Not sure. In any case, I did see this from uh, from Doug Wilson. He put out a, uh, on blog and May blog, his blog and then podcast. Uh, this episode here from uh, Monday, May 23rd, I heard this and I was reminded of my own blog post and I'm happy to finally see somebody else talking uh, about the future of missions and how we may or may not need to be planning about how to conduct missions going forward. Uh, so this episode is uh, Fukuyama Inside Out and he has an introduction. I didn't read it, but I did uh, listen to it. But down towards the end of the episode, he talks about a few practical things. For example, the first thing to note is that the international missions will get a lot more difficult and a lot more dangerous. He talks then about sending church mission boards need to revisit the training they supply to missionaries, these kinds of things. Um, and then he goes on with some other applications, seminary training, pastors, uh, groups. Uh, so, so, so he has some good points in here. And uh, anyway, in that case, it, it just sparked me, reminded me of the need uh, to uh, perhaps share my blog post as well and go through this because it is a topic that uh, people now are picking up on and it is something we need to be working out as the church if, again, we want to see biblical missions going forward. So without any further ado, let me go ahead and dive into this and uh, read it for those who tune in and listen. The future of missions. Since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, I've been thinking about how all this will affect and or change the way we do missions from the U.S., to other countries. It was February 14th, 2021, while out with my wife and our three-year-old son for a chicken dinner uh, that I began to feel ill. We went home early with what I assumed was the flu. I thought if I would get enough rest that Friday night, I would be okay on Saturday to finish preparing Sunday's sermon. Unfortunately, the flu symptoms got worse, and while sweating through the Saturday, through Saturday night with a high fever, it occurred to me that I would not, or I would need to cancel our church gathering. At that time, there was no one else at able to fill in, to lead worship, and to preach. This was the worst flu that I could remember having, but as time went on and the dry, persistent cough continued for well over a month, I slowly began to realize that the virus I had was actually the COVID virus. It particularly became clear to me when, on more than one occasion, I was convinced that I smelled something burning. 
Anyway, since having the virus at the very beginning of the outbreak, I've been particularly sensitive to the reality of the whole situation. The outbreak in Italy was one of the first places where it exploded. Sadly, in the months and years to follow, Italy was has been one of the most heavy-handed countries regarding restrictions and mandates. This may be in part to how they were so heavily criticized at the very beginning of the pandemic. Perhaps they have been heavy-handed to try to prevent more ridicule from other nations. Perhaps they really thought they were doing what was best. Perhaps they were part of a worldwide evil plot of suppression and reducing liberties. We don't know. The board of directors at PMC, in any case, meets four times per year to review the ministry pray, and strategize for the growth of the ministry among the Italian people with the collaboration of the U.S. Church. Since the beginning of the pandemic, it's been my practice to ask the board to prayerfully consider the current world affairs and how they may or may not affect the future of global missions as we know it. For sure, there has been some hindrance to ministry around the world, at least with a little, uh, at least a little with the ongoing complications of international travel, for example. As mentioned in our most recent newsletter, my family is still unable to travel to the U.S. for normal furlough visits and recruiting or promoting trips for PMC. Why? Simply put, because my wife is a non-U.S. citizen and unable to board a flight without proof of taking the mandated remedy, the only one, for COVID. No problem, we trust the Lord is in control, and for now, we don't need to go to the U.S. One of the blessings of serving Jesus in Italy is that it causes us always to keep the point uh, keep to the point in our mission's work. I often talk about how Italy helps us keep the gen, uh, the gospel ministry central to what we do. Italians need nothing of material substance from us. They need only the gospel, which means the best thing we can do for them is evangelize, make disciples and plant biblical churches. By God's grace, this is what we do. Another blessing of serving in Italy, perhaps, has been the heavy-handed response that has greatly restricted us in so many ways. How is this a blessing? It caused us to examine more closely our circumstances and the potential motivations behind the tyrannical practices being implemented, not just here, but in many nations around the world. To my surprise, I haven't seen much talk yet about global missions or international cross-cultural missions. On one hand, it's likely because we all just hope things will get back to normal. On the other hand, I cannot help but wonder that many are just not considering the bigger picture of what is potentially happening around the world and how if things are left unchecked, we may not get back to normal, at least not as soon as we hope. I suspect that in the coming months, this discussion may grow as more and more people see the need. But then again, maybe the storm is already passing and things will quickly clear up and get back to normal. Time alone will tell. This is why I was motivated to share this podcast today, because I'm now finally seeing people actually uh, jumping in on this discussion, and I think that's very important and good. My hope, to be clear, is that things will return to normal. Yet, as I look around and see the rising inflation, high prices of gas and petrol, the potential world war, the censorship, the potential food shortages, movements toward a new world order with a digital currency and loss of privacy, and the unchecked tyrannical behavior from governments in numerous nations, I cannot help but think what this will mean for the future of missions. What if getting back to normal will take much longer than we all anticipated? Are we prepared to make adjustments? What kind of just adjustments would be necessary? As a missionary and the director of PMC, I feel that it is only right to keep praying and seeking the Lord about the future of missions, 
It's our desire that more and more people get involved with PMC and that more missionaries get equipped for a lifetime of fruitful service to the Italian people. How might the current agendas of the global globalist elites cause a hindrance to the work of the church? Christians, indeed, are the ones who are seen as an obstacle to the ones seeking to replace God in their quest for creating a utopian society. And here's a quote from Joseph Boot, Dr. Joseph Boot. All that impedes the utopian revolution is the propaganda of priests, the family, and the church. Consequently, Orthodox Christianity, or Biblical Christianity, in other words, is seen as the ultimate enemy of utopia. Truly, this is something we, as the church, must continue thinking about so the gospel can keep going forward and so we are not caught off guard. It's my conviction that the storm will come, but it will eventually pass. And when it does finally pass, the beauty of Jesus and the gospel will be clear as day to the world. When man attempts to rule apart from Christ and his perfect law that causes humanity to flourish, there are always negative consequences. Many people suffer. It's been this way since the beginning of time. There is nothing new about what we are seeing unfold today. There was a time early on in the church when the Christians were hiding from a man named Saul. He was actively persecuting the church. Then our Lord and King caused Saul to be born again. We know of him now as Paul the Apostle who penned a large part of the New Testament and demonstrated what it means to suffer for our Savior's sake, for his name. At another time, there was great oppression from Roman authorities, and many Christians had to worship in secret. Then one day, a man named Constantine was converted to Christ, and just like that, it was no longer a fearful thing to love and worship Jesus. As a result, the gospel went forward with great power, bringing many blessings to the world. There are numerous stories of the Lord working in ways like this, when it seemed to many that there was no hope for the greater furtherance and impact of the gospel in our world. Here in Venice, it's typically humid and often foggy. Most people who come to visit Venice have no idea that to the north there are the Alps. Yet after a big storm, in a majestic way, the sky often clears and photographers line up to capture vivid photos of the Alps in the background of Venice. It's amazing. It's my prayer that we won't see dark times ahead, but if we do, I rest assured that Jesus is now reigning and after darkness, the gospel shines brightest. Uh, the reformers were known for having the line, post tenebris lux, after darkness, light. I believe this is a motto that we must still have today. Darkness is all around us, but the gospel brings the light of Christ that cannot be put out or extinguished. John 1, verse 5, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm currently reading through Dr. Joe Boot's book, Ruler of Kings, Toward a Christian Vision of Government. He is the founder of the Ezra Institute in Canada and author of The Mission of God, A Manifesto of Hope for Society. 
His work is particularly helpful for grasping the godless utopian agenda growing around the world and better understanding the reign and rule of Jesus through his kingdom. If you want to get a better grip on the big picture of what is happening and how we got into the numerous situations we are all facing today, as well as how we can get out of them, I would advise that you pick up a copy of this for yourself and give it a read. It's through in-depth works like this that the church can better understand its role in this world as we live under the reign of Jesus for his glory and as we seek to be used by him in his great commission. Here are some random quotes from the first two chapters to potentially catch your interest. He says this, Contrary to popular opinion, Scripture does give Christians a mandate to apply the wisdom of God's law, word, to political life rather than relying on the ideas of godless people. To neglect this task is to faithlessly abandon our society and culture to despotism and tyranny. Another quote he says here, Man needs order, certainty, and salvation. And where Christ's governance is denied, man will attempt to mimic it. So rather than the Christian view of reality, which leaves predestination to God, he says, thereby leaving man in a place of liberty by denying the right of total control to any human agency, the scientific society believes its desired social results can be obtained by means of controlled causation. Another quote here, The false religion of Babel, he says, idealizing one unified humanity under a humanistic power state operating in defiance of God to make all things subject to man's power and glory is the original utopian delusion. And lastly, I'll read this. He says, The key to the new world is therefore technocracy, not just the utilization of new technologies, but mankind embracing the ideas of new elite group of planners. Those are a few quotes from his book that I would encourage you to pick up, read. It would be very edifying and encouraging uh, for you in your walk with Christ in any case. Let us keep seeking the Lord as to the role He would have us play in whatever may or may not lie ahead. Let it be that each day, by His grace, we do all that we do to the glory of God. And let it be that our hearts remain fixed on glorifying God in life or in death. Let us rise day after day, seeking the Lord with all our hearts as to how we may serve Him and please Him with the time that remains for us to live. Amen. Question as we close, what are some ways that you think the church may need to adapt in the future, or in the near future, or at least give consideration when it comes to the work of missions abroad? Have you been thinking about this? If you have, leave some comments and let us know some of your thoughts on this topic. That's it for today for uh, today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, and God bless you until the next time. Ciao, ciao. The PMC Media Ministry exists to incorporate Christians into the Lord's mission of evangelism, discipleship, and church planning in Italy so others can flourish in Jesus' global mission whether they go or they stay. Thank you for being a part of the ministry. To learn more about what we do and how you can be involved, visit practicalmissions.org. If you like the podcast, we encourage you now to come on over and join us on the inside. If you love Jesus Christ, you love this podcast, you love the Italian people, you love the Church of Jesus Christ, it's the perfect place for you to meet other people and uh, see and understand more about the Italian culture and what is going on with Practical Missions Cohort in the Italian context. 
Look forward to seeing you over there. God bless.